Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Helen Tupper. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through our increasingly squiggly world of work. And I am very excited. I can tell because you're talking at rapid pace. Oh, I really? Sorry, everyone. Right. I'll pause and slow down, everybody. It's, it's because... She's hyper. She's hyper. I am. Well, also, we're recording this on Friday, so <laughs> I know that the sooner we get through this, the sooner I can have a gin and tonic. Um, but also, other than that, um, Sarah and I haven't recorded together since before, like, Christmas time, no. right? Ah, Yeah, so we've had a whole month's worth of episodes where we spoke to lots and lots of different guests on the topic of being your brilliant best. Sarah, you spoke to quite a few people what was your takeaway from all the conversations uh, well I mean I loved all of them it's probably my favorite thing that we do is speaking to the different experts and guests for our podcast episodes I always feel like I feel very privileged and like I get to learn a lot live and then the benefit of having it there forever which is always useful <laughs> do you know the thing that really struck me was spending time with Jim Collins who is someone whose work I've admired for a long time has been very influential on how we were an amazing if and the kind of leader that I wanted to become and really thought about just even spending time in his company I think makes you a better person (laughs) and I don't think there's many people that you say that of but just the way that he approached talking to me he'd listened to like 10 episodes of our podcast beforehand he really prepared his questions he was so thoughtful and considered And I just thought for somebody who doesn't have to do that, I'm sure his new book will sell lots and lots, regardless of whether he comes on our podcast or not. And he just took us really seriously. And he he doesn't know who I am, other than I was clearly a fan because my questions were really detailed. (laughs) And uh, sometimes that's kind of the behind the scenes aspect of kind of spending time with him. I think I was just so impressed and really in awe. And I think it just raises your game. And I actually mm. think that's what the best leaders always do. Now that I sort of don't work for kind of leaders in quite the same way as when you're in kind of big companies, I sort of feel like I sometimes adopt people along the way. And all of the best leaders I've ever worked for have made me better, made me want to be even better. 
And I think that's what Jim did. So it was quite a pivotal moment for me, I think, at the I end of last year. I was about to say, it sounds quite like life-changing, <laughs> yeah. career-changing. I mean, I thought there were quite a few good actions to take away, but I'm glad uh, it transformed sorry. your life. <laughs> yeah, you were hoping for like, what's the one action you're going to take? Go on, you talk about your one action. <laughs> well, my one action is, um, <laughs> typically there is actually one. Well, I liked all the conversations, but the last one that we did, that you did, where you spoke to Kate Sevilla about burnout and self-belief, I really liked some of the coach yourself questions that came from that conversation the who or what is living rent free in your (laughs) brain well that's definitely I think we spend so much time letting other people unintentionally consume our mental energy that I think just stopping to reflect on who are you letting do that because I think it's a choice that you're making they're not saying think about me all the time and think about my opinion it's your choice I think just stopping and thinking who is that and why are you letting that happen and how do you kick them out (laughs) I think it is a useful prompt and I shared it on social media and a lot of people have said that was the question that for them has been quite a useful like provocation so yes there's my one action for you (laughs) So today then we're going to be talking about distractions and how to stop them getting in your way. We've got a bit of psychology, like why distractions might be so appealing for you and lots and lots of different tips so that you can put a few barriers up to distractions getting in your way and maybe manage your reaction a little bit. And if it is a topic that maybe you feel particularly affected by right now, we're going to be diving a bit deeper into it on Pod Plus. That is a 30-minute free session that we run every Thursday morning. So on Thursday, the 4th of February, you can come along 9 o'clock in the morning. We'll put the link in our description so that you can join us if you want to share some more tools and some more actions that you can take away. So why is this a useful topic to spend some time on? Well, I think we all know that distractions are not useful and yet they still get in our way. I think it's one of those topics, you know, a bit like micromanagement. We all hate it and yet it still happens. Distractions, no one wants to be distracted. We know that we do better work when we stay focused. But there probably are more distractions now than we've ever had before. Now, some of those are definitely technology based whether that's to do with your phone whether that's to do with social media to do with kind of notifications some of them are of course unavoidable at the moment so you know you might have kids at home you might be caring for people and trying to do more than one thing at once and I think that is just hard at the moment so we kind of what we're not trying to do is give people a hard time if life is a bit distracting right now but equally we sometimes get distracted because something is hard perhaps because We feel that, you know, if we're not involved in something, we're missing out in some way. And so I think there's kind of almost like the practical distractions that we can really think about. How do we manage our days and our weeks to reduce those, to kind of create friction, to keep those distractions out of our way? And then I think there's actually some more fundamental points around how we work, because when you do get distracted your brain essentially gets quite skittish is quite a good description for it. It moves around quickly from kind of one thing to another. And it's interesting when you read about this, what it shows is that every time we switch, essentially, we leave a bit of our brain still thinking about where we were before and another bit of our brain to kind of where we've gone to. And so you're essentially kind of not doing either thing particularly well. You're not concentrating and you know you're kind of not doing your best work. And actually, it kind of elongates everything. Everything kind of takes longer to complete. So if you are trying to write a presentation and you've got notifications popping up all the time and you're sort of keeping one eye on the notifications but still trying to write your presentation, it will take you longer to write that presentation. If you're continually interrupted by phone calls, 
you know, it's very hard to finish the email you're trying to write. Perhaps you're trying to think about something, but, you know, you're really tempted because thinking can be quite hard to quickly have a quick scroll down Instagram just to see what everyone is up to. We all do it. So I think it's something that impacts all of us. And probably since the pandemic, because we are all having to use technology so much more, it's become a bigger part of our life. So Microsoft have done some research and they were saying that not only have team chats, so like instant messenger, increased a lot, which is, of course, you'd expect that, but it's increased by 69% between 5pm and midnight. And so you think, oh, that's a time where hopefully we're kind of giving our brains a break at some point. But that's when there's lots of chat and instant kind of messaging happening, as well as you're probably trying to finish work for the day and kind of get things sorted. And we actually asked our community on Instagram, how often or how easily distracted were they? Everybody, pretty much 90% of people said really easily distracted. Everybody is impacted by this kind of attraction to distraction, we're going to call it. And so I guess the starting point before you can even think about, well, what do I do about this stuff? What can I put in place so I can manage this? Is just to dive a bit deeper into maybe what types of distractions you are most attracted to because then the action you're going to take will be more meaningful for you. There's some research that's been done in in the report that Sarah referenced from Microsoft, which we'll link to. It's a new work lab report, which has identified three different types of distraction. And so there's like the digital distractions. This is like the scroll hole, you know, where you just start like get on your phone or your computer, whatever it is you're doing, but you get kind of lost in a digital world. Maybe it's like apps or notifications. That's kind of the first type of distraction that might be attractive for you. The second is people-based distractions. Some of this, actually, our Instagram community said uh, there's a a lot of people have a need to instantly respond. Like when they get a message from someone, they almost feel like they have to go back to them really, really quickly because there's almost this expectation that certain people have. So that can be quite a big distraction for people. And then the third one is almost like internal distractions. And this is where maybe you're avoiding something. You know, Sarah mentioned earlier that some people get distracted because the stuff that they're trying to do is quite hard. And so they look for easier things to do. Or maybe they've got a fear of doing something wrong. And so they, again, look for something they can do that they know they can do well. So this idea that maybe it's a kind of digital or the people that you maybe you work with or an internal distraction that might be pulling you away from your work. Go on then, Helen. So what are yours? Uh, Number one, my first would be digital, definitely, because I am just very, very connected. Don't judge me, everybody, but I've I've always got a device on me, I would say, like all the time. And I've gone from probably like it being a helpful thing, I would say, to it tipping into being a hindrance is probably where I am. So that's probably my first one. And then I think internal like avoidance tactics, like if I'm like, oh God, do I really want to spend three hours doing this thing? Or could I just spend lots of 10 minute bursts doing other easier things? So I say (laughs) internal. And then the last one is people. I don't find myself that swayed by people. Like I don't feel like I have this need to respond to people's expectations. That's not like, not my one. Well, what would yours be? Are we the same? Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) What a surprise. (laughs) Uh, So... Yeah, I do think actually your environment makes a difference. So I think when I was in big companies, the people one would have been first. Mm. And I started to use Slack in a previous company. And I mean, this is dating me somewhat, but I really remember getting a BlackBerry (laughs) and being very like, oh, as soon as somebody emails me, I must email back. Or, you know, I need to kind of have the always on was for other people rather than for myself. Now that is different now, but I do think that is partly because... 
we run our own company and there's not lots of people, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. So now mine would be, one would be internal. If something is hard or difficult or I just don't know where to start, it can sometimes just take me a while to get going. I don't go and do other things, actually. I don't do your 10-minute tasks because that doesn't really appeal to me either. (laughs) I just procrastinate. I just struggle to get started and perhaps think for too long and don't do, essentially. So that's Mm. kind of what happens with my internal one. Then probably a little bit of people. I still, I think I still have some sense of, oh, I need to go and particularly like, you know, say somebody's WhatsApped me, as in someone in my family or friends. For some reason, I sort of feel a need to like, oh, I should go back to them quite quickly. Whereas none of those things are ever urgent. (laughs) And I've actually through thinking about this, that's based on people, but that's the closest I get to digital being a distraction. I think in the last probably six months or so, I've really consciously thought about how I use technology to make my life easier. And I think I read a bit about technology is brilliant if you use it in a way that works for you. And so I think I was very intentional about thinking, I love tech and it gives you flexibility. It makes I do think it helps you to work in a way that works for you. So I've always loved it and really appreciated the flexibility that it's given me. But I think I've almost done a bit of like untying myself from tech in the last six months or so. I mean, I have no notifications, no sounds ever come up on laptop or on my phone. None of those things kind of get in my way. It wouldn't worry me if I left my phone at home. Yeah, so less of an issue for me. I think as well, there's almost like a bit of a luxury in that statement. So someone messaged us on Instagram and said that, social and stuff is a particular distraction for them but it's also part of their job and so there's this really fuzzy line between well I have to you know maybe I'm the social media manager for work and therefore I have to be on those things and I have to respond to the messages but then that means that I'm attached to the phone so I think do appreciate that for some people these lines are blurry sometimes where your job becomes this thing that you're connected to and then it's hard to stop that becoming a distraction at the same time one thing that might help which is a tactic that near el who's written a book called indistractable suggests is to gather some distraction data so if you feel like one of these things is creeping in you know whether it's like the digital the people or the internal draw yourself a table or create a spreadsheet or you can go on his website we'll give you the link and he's actually got a template but start to track four different things the first thing is what time of day were you distracted It might be more in the morning that it's worse for you or maybe it's late in the evening when you're a bit more tired. Write down what the distraction was because you might then be able to categorise them, you know, in those three different things that we've talked about. Write down how you felt because you might get into the, oh, I was doing something hard and so it was an avoidance tactic. You might be able to understand why a little bit more. And then was it an internal trigger? So it's something that you did or was it external to you? I noticed today, for example, I got completely distracted because somebody arrived with a delivery and I was like, oh, delivery. <laughs> got really excited. And it was some food. So not only did I get distracted by it, I then opened the box and started to eat it. And I was like, 15 minutes later, thought I'm supposed to be writing a book. <laughs> Do you know what I got distracted about today? It's a good question, isn't it? What distracted you today? Because was you mentioned an article to me and then I was so intrigued by it I then got distracted from what I was doing because I wanted to go and read it and then went down a little bit of a wormhole of that article had some of the links in and I looked at those as well it wasn't that that wasn't useful but it wasn't the right time to do it and I think that was the point I was like what am I doing I need to be doing something different that is more important right now than this 
but I got a bit lost in this article. (laughs) (laughs) So once you've worked out what your attraction to distraction is, then you can kind of shift to how you manage your reaction. So we will talk through a few specific things now. We'll link them to those three different areas that we talked about and we'll share maybe some personal things and things that we've done and some tools that might help you. So I will start with the one that I am most exposed to, which is these (laughs) digital distractions. One of the things that's really helped me uh, and I can see it on my desk right now is my little cube. Look, it beeps. You'll hear a beep. Oh, it beeps. So it's this little cube. I mean, how is that helpful? That's distracting. It's distracting. (laughs) It's because you get stressed by beeps. I don't like beeps. (laughs) Right. So the cube, imagine it's a big white cube. I think I posted about this on Instagram and LinkedIn so you can find it, but it's called like a time cube. On each edge of the cube, it says like 60 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Instead of setting an alarm on my phone, like if I want to get something done, Instead of going into my phone and setting an alarm, which then just means I get totally distracted by whatever's popping up on my phone, I just turn the cube to the time that I want to focus for. It does its little beep that you just heard. And then basically it ticks away silently. So it doesn't beep for 60 minutes. It just beeps when it's got started. But it's the quickest way that I can set myself like a focus time block. And then I know that, you know, after 15 minutes or however long I've turned the cube to, that it'll just beep at the end of it. And it's sort of deceptively simple but it keeps me focused and it cost me like 7.99 and it is 7.99 well spent. So I recommend that maybe get yourself a cube. It all it is is a timer, but it's just a very simple quick one. The other thing you can do is maybe track your screen time. So maybe to that kind of data gathering point, it might help you to see which things might be absorbing it a little bit more so you can oh, it's almost like the shock tactic of going, "Oh my gosh, I spent 5 hours of my week on Instagram." is that the best use of my time? So, you know, there's lots of screen time tracking apps and I think on an iPhone it does it for you as well. So that might be worth looking at. And the last thing is try to increase the friction. So that's something that Sarah mentioned earlier, this word friction. That basically makes it just one bit harder for you to reach this digital device that you are potentially borderline addicted to. I'm talking about myself there. So if you're trying to get something done, like leave the phone in the other room or just put it just that bit away from you so it's harder to do. It reminds me of a social experiment that was done around Pringles. This has nothing to do with digital distractions. But they were talking about, you know, when you have a tube of Pringles and so yeah. people can like eat their way through a whole tube oh, I could eat, of Pringles. I could eat vinegar Pringles. I could absolutely eat a whole tube. I mean, case in point, I don't like crisps, so this doesn't apply to me. So what they did was a social experiment where they basically, about halfway down the pack, um, I think they alternated it, but they put a red Pringle, like a bright red Pringle, and it basically (laughs) jolted people to be like, oh, what's this? And it it stopped them eating the whole tube. And this is sort of the point of that it's just a bit of a jolt. Even if you put your phone two metres away from where it would normally be, it creates that mental jolt that, oh, I've got to get up and get it. Do I really want to do that? Do I really want to eat the whole tube of Pringles? So we're basically trying to put like a red Pringle between you and this device that you might be slightly addicted to. And I was listening to another podcast that I really like called How Do You Cope? They recommended this book called How to Break Up With Your Phone. And as I said, it's actually not something that I found particularly hard, but the book sounded quite interesting, quite intriguing. And I really like that podcast. So I ordered a copy and actually it's, if this is something you find hard, I'd really recommend it. It's one of those 
short, specific, really useful books that you might look at and think, oh, is that going to be a bit superficial or how helpful is that going to be? But I've had a read of it over the last couple of days and there's loads of good stuff in there about A, why you should break up with your phone. It's realistic in that she's not sort of going, never use your phone or I think it's about this point about being conscious about how you kind of use it. And she does genuinely give you kind of a 30-day how to do it kind of quite gradually in small increments and whether it is things like how you structure your phone and actually my partner does this I don't actually have enough apps on my phone I how you structure sound... your phone that yeah is a... so basically having folders and honestly my partner does this and it's like his <laughs> phone I look at his phone I don't understand what's happening but he'll have like entertainment and all of the entertainment apps are all in that like <laughs> folder so bit funny. so he does exactly what she says and actually you can see it makes everything really well structured and very organized so there's all these like really they're really handy actually hints and tips but there's some she's done some good research and kind of really understood how phones can basically work for us and against us there is a questionnaire and we'll link to the questionnaire because you can do the questionnaire for free and the questionnaire basically helps you to work out how addicted to your smartphone are you and I think the questionnaire is worth doing just to read the questions because I actually had to go through it and you sort of know you know where you're going to end up broadly. But it does help you to work out, oh, okay, well, which part of my phone am I most addicted to? Like, for what reasons? And we all have some of them, I think, and probably some of them are kind of higher than others. So it's a bit of fun, but I think the questions are actually quite insightful. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the next one is people. So how do you stop yourself kind of being distracted by perhaps things that maybe even feel a bit out of your control. So other people messaging you, other people expecting responses, or you feel like you're missing out if you're not online for a bit. And I think there are kind of two things here. I think one is just thinking about being explicit, if you possibly can, 
with the people that you work with about how are you all going to work and use the technology that you've kind of got at your disposal? What are the expectations? Because I do think sometimes we've fallen into a trap of assuming everyone's expectation is instant response. Do you know when I fell into this trap, I was thinking about this, I fall into this trap less so with notifications and like we use Teams, we use Microsoft Teams. I don't actually ever have that expectation myself, but I definitely did for some reason for email. So when people email me, I sort of feel like, oh, you should be able to go back to them really quickly within an hour or two hours. And then I started to realise, well, other people don't come back to me within (laughs) one or two hours, which might, you know, maybe I'm less important than they are. But actually, what does feel acceptable? And also, have you communicated that? And I was actually getting myself almost distracted and it was taking up my headspace by either worrying about the fact I'd not responded or then, you know, responding and interrupting other work that I should have been doing. Actually, Jim Collins talks a bit about this, about being really clear on when you are going to come back to someone and then 100% of the time meeting that deadline. Now, I suspect he does meet it 100% of the time, to be honest, having spent time with him. I am not at that. But I am trying to get a bit better at thinking, if I'm not going to be online for a bit, letting Helen know so that if she needs me, it's like, okay, I'm not going to be contactable or you need to call me. If someone emails me and seems like it might be quite urgent, I go back and say, got the email, you kind of acknowledge it, but you say, this is when I'm going to come back to you. Is that okay? This is almost like the ground rules, I think, of how you're using tech and knowing that it's okay to do things like having an offline status. Previous company I used to work in, we used Slack as opposed to Teams initially you suddenly realize that instant messaging you're like wow this is really overwhelming and actually the offline status thing was really important just having that thing of going you can change your status even not to necessarily offline but you could change it to oh I'm in meetings for the next three hours so if someone was trying to get hold of you it's like oh okay well I can't have like a instant chat with that person but I can send them this message and I think that's almost an important distinction isn't it it's like well, are we instant messaging, as in, are you there? And we're sort of having a chat using it. Or are you just sending someone a message? And I think sometimes we forget that they are actually kind of two different things. So I think this one is actually really hard to do all by yourself. Because Mm. if you're trying to do this and no one else is doing the same thing, that would feel very tough. But I have seen people be the pioneers and suggest, oh, well, you know, should we always have... 9 till 10.30 in the morning where we're kind of focused on doing work and we sort of don't send each other messages during that time? Or shall we always have 4 to 5 p.m. where we're all on instant messenger if we can? Or shall we try and do meetings at certain points? Completely depends on what kind of job you do and, and what's possible. But I don't think we want to be in a world where our jobs or kind of producing really great work is not going to come from everyone being on email all the time, everyone being on instant messenger all the time, because all you're ever doing then is kind of that being busy, being busy. Mm-hmm. And you could get to the end of the week and think, what have I actually done? Which yeah, I think is it's never quite a good feeling. stressful as well, doesn't it? Really and stressful. Quite, quite exhausting. Yeah, if I kind of think, gosh, five years ago, would you have needed to have a conversation in your team about how we all manage our communications together? I think it would have been a nice to do, but probably not that mm. needed. Whereas now, I think that that is a really important team conversation. Yeah, you're like, right. What are our boundaries? What works for us? When? How do we check in with this? Like, what channels are we using for what purposes? They feel like really important conversations to have as a team now it sort of goes back to that kind of idea of like freedom within a framework Mm. I think if I think if there's a framework that 
there's a lot of clarity on in terms of exactly how are we going to work together everyone's really clear about it everyone's involved everyone's signed up to that then suddenly you have loads of flexibility and freedom within that framework which is what everything I've seen that's what people respond better to in terms of that's what we're looking for from kind of the people we work for the people that we work with and then the last one which is the internal point so this is if you get distracted maybe because you're doing a hard piece of work or a piece of work where you don't know the answers and you sort of keep putting things off and you can respond to that as we said in two different ways you can do what I do which is sort of keep just thinking about it and procrastinating (laughs) or you can do what Helen does which is switch you sort of go oh I'll come back to it It feels a bit hard and I'm going to go and do loads of 10 minute tasks I'm sure we will have talked about this before but this is where you've sort of got to figure out how can you start with the tough stuff or swallow the frog as it's sometimes called it's like if you've got that hard tough difficult might be interesting it's just hard piece of work to do usually starting your day with it is better than ending your day how can you then create an environment where for 90 minutes two hours that is all you're doing so what I've done with this is because uh, this has basically been my world for January because I've spent the majority of January writing our next book and so I sit in a different room I turn off everything as in emails phones usually not even in the room you don't even really need the internet turns out to write a book you know you might look up the odd thing but actually I try and avoid doing that until a particular kind of point in time I moved the clock I didn't want to beat myself up if I was spending a bit longer on a certain bit or I wanted to be less aware of time. I just wanted to be kind of very focused. And I realised that's quite a privilege to kind of be able to work in that way. But almost I'd also have things like I am not having a coffee until I have done this page. (laughs) It's like a punishment for Sarah. Yeah, it's kind of I think you've got to go carrot and stick in my experience, kind of at the same time. And so you've got to have those rewards and those milestones And I think you have to break it down as well. If this is something that you're working on for more than one day, so like I say, for most of my January, this has been my world. About halfway through January, I think I was going, gosh, this is hard and there's a lot to do. At Crikey, we've still got a lot to do. And the whiteboard came back downstairs into the lounge. I have to say my lounge does not feel like a lounge right now. So there is a whiteboard. There is all the names of the chapters, which I'm looking at right now. There are boxes. Helen's seen a picture of the whiteboard because I send it to her every time one of the boxes gets coloured in and they get coloured in when we've done a chapter. And that is actually an example of going, that helps you to kind of have those small milestones and also to have some fun with it. I'm looking forward to choosing what colour my next, colouring in my next box will be. But also it keeps you really focused because any time that I am tempted by a bit of distraction, that board is right in front of me. And I see that there are quite a few empty boxes still. And so as tempting as it might be to go and scroll on Instagram or look at pictures of my mum and dad's new dog on WhatsApp, which is super cute, I just sort of think, yeah, I should probably spend the next half an hour on the uh, progression chapter. Those things have really helped. So I think think about your carrot and your stick and create that environment where you can really focus on what it is you need to get done, would be my advice. 
one of the things that you said there that I found really interesting was about taking the clock away. And it made me think about the work around flow. And you are in flow when your work is both challenging and time is unconscious. I think that's quite interesting because what you've done is you've taken away the consciousness of time. You've taken away the ticking clock so you can immerse yourself in it more, which is quite an interesting thing there. And also the changing the rooms. I think in the current environment where you can't go to a coffee shop or you can't go sit in a quiet meeting room on your own in the office, you have to think about how you sort of repurpose your space so it can be that. And if you can't repurpose your space because maybe your space just isn't that big that you can go work in different rooms, I have heard about people like changing their clothes and one person even like changing their glasses. Just a way of like making a bit of a shift that this is the mode that I am now in to support my concentration on this thing I want to get done. So we thought we'd end today with just five quick tips for you. So we've talked about those ones that are maybe more personal to you and your attraction and maybe the psychology really of your distraction. And then we've got five ones that are a bit more generic. Some of them are things that work for Sarah and I, and some of them have been curated from our community as well. So the first one is build up your willpower. So if you are like me and you're very device centric and that's your distraction downfall, going cold turkey with it might be quite hard. So maybe just think about oh I'm going to put it one meter away from me and then two meters and then on a Wednesday I might put it in a different room don't kind of go all the way because you'll probably find that really hard and then it might demotivate you if you don't do it so just think about how you build willpower to where you want to get to in terms of managing that distraction and then the second tip is about the reward so Sarah mentioned carrot and stick the carrot is your reward that you're going to do when you do your 60 minutes of focus time or where you don't instantly reply to that email and you make it wait for till the afternoon how are you going to reward yourself Sarah what is your reward of choice at the moment so firstly mini eggs because they're delicious and I'm really glad that they're back again secondly going for a walk with a podcast that's nothing to do with work so I really like parenting lockdown hell and it's always really funny and actually today before this podcast I literally walked around the block and you know what's funny I saw the same two people so I, (laughs) I walked over the bridge from kind of where we live Saw these two people, obviously both kind of going for a walk, circled back round because it's quite a quick walk to come back up the road again, then saw them both again. And I was just like, yep, this is life now. But to me, that is a really good reward of just going, I'm literally just going to go out for 20, 25 minutes and do that. Make most of mine, I have to say, are food based. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, uh, mine's not a mini egg. Mine is a champagne truffle, <laughs> quite partial to a uh, booja booja truffle. <laughs> That's what I delight myself That's with. That's so swanky. That's such a swanky reward. <laughs> Um, And then we've also got three that we've picked out from our Instagram community that we really liked. We've got loads more actually ideas that we're going to post on our Instagram channel where we're just at Amazing If, where we've curated all these different ideas, but we've just picked three for now. So we got one from Liz, which we both really liked, especially I think in the current climate, which is about sharing plans with your partner so they don't interrupt your focus time. (laughs) Sounds really selfish, Um, but I think it's really practical. Yeah, no, I do. But I actually realise, so I already do this. I think partly because back to the house thing, I work in the room where our kitchen is. So I have to do this because I sort of have to say to my partner, I was like, you can't get a drink for the next 90 minutes because I'm doing a workshop or whatever it might be. And actually, it's also the reason that I write in a different room is, again, I'm not in that kitchen area, so I don't get interrupted by him coming to make teas or coffees or whenever he wants to have his lunch because 
sometimes we want to do those things at different times. I've also felt the impact of where, you know, one of you wants to have a bit of a chat because you're, you're only a bit like, oh, I've just finished something. And you're yeah. like, yeah, but I'm like mid-paragraph. And so I actually think it's really good advice, particularly for when you do need those moments of like, I'm trying to concentrate. I have to say, I did just, did just take him a cup of tea about half an hour ago and he'd shut the curtains because he was like, it's too sunny. I'm really trying to concentrate. So he's just in there at the it's moment. Like, like a this, cave. Like a honestly, cave. it looks like a cave with this massive spreadsheet. So I was like, oh, I'll leave you to it. Good luck <laughs> with that. Number four was from Louise, which was just about muting sounds, whether that's notification sounds on your laptop. I'm actually very anti bleeps or pings or anything (laughs) like that I actually don't even like but you know when you have tabs open I have no notifications but I get a little red dot when there's new emails or those kind of things and again I don't even want a red dot because I think yeah you're like a distraction dictator (laughs) I feel like you've got (laughs) get rid of the red dot (laughs) yeah but like I don't need but even that that must do something in terms of distracting you from if you can see that and you're working on something different you should just close everything down lots of people actually that is another one um you know closing tabs as the day goes on you know you open more and more tabs i mean i have so many <laughs> how many tabs have you got open now well actually this is not bad for me i can see them in front of me and there um, are only eight but i would say normal normal's about 20 to have open oh that's a lot does that bother you Oh, no. I mean, your life. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. Number five. (laughs) Number five is from Emma. And actually, I've tried something new in this area this week as well. And Emma has suggested in the Headspace app, she says there's focus music, which is 85 minutes long. So she works with it until the music's completed. And then sort of her reward is then she's like, I'll pick up my phone for a bit, have a little scroll or look on WhatsApp or whatever she might do. And actually, I can't work out if this is a bit embarrassing or not, but this week I was missing coffee shops so much this week. I did a coffee shop sound, like playlist thing on YouTube. They're called like Coffee Tea. They sort of, it's like raiding a bit some of the time. It's like gentle jazz. It's basically a bit like Frasier. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm going to put that on because it just like creates a bit of a different atmosphere. How long did you have it on for? I don't know, two or three hours. Wow. When I was writing. So I do like that. So yeah, maybe, maybe you're not such a dictator then. You don't like the red dot. You're happy with like a bit of chat in the background, some fake yeah. noise. Fake noise. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's come to. <laughs> um, so we hope you have been able to take some things out today, maybe to identify the thing that might be getting in your way so that you can be more specific about the action you take to kind of get it out of your way. As Sarah said, we'll put all of the different ideas that we've had from our community. We'll put them both on Instagram and we'll put them in the description for this podcast. So just go wherever you're listening the full description all those different ideas and thank you for everyone that contributed i've tried to include your names on there as well so that you can see your contribution next week we're going to be back together again i will try and talk more slowly in the introduction so sarah doesn't mock me straight away i'll have got over the excitement by then i'm sort of used to having sarah back now and we're going to talk about the topic of transferable skills what are the skills that you can invest in that might be most useful in terms of its transferability across different roles and how can you just look at the things that you're good at today and make sure they're valuable to lots of different people in different ways so that is going to be our focus for next week hopefully you will listen to that and find that useful if this has been helpful to you please do take a few minutes if you can to rate review and subscribe it's a way that we can help more people with their careers and share all of these different tools with them and we really really appreciate it so thank you for that anything else from you sarah before we say goodbye no just really hope everyone's doing okay Mm. i know it's a tough time right now 
thinking of you. I really appreciate you continuing to listen and finding space in your days for us, but sending everybody lots of love, I think, at the moment. So thanks so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. You did something for the first.